This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM's Malaysia Day special is presented by Masing. On the morning run, I'm Sim Wee Boon. The song snippet you heard earlier is titled Malaysia Forever, and it was composed by a Canadian named Bobby Gimby in 1962. It was written about the impending independence of the country and celebrated the formation of the Malaysian Federation in 1963. Malaysia Forever was a very popular song on the airwaves back then. Even Tunku Abdul Rahman himself called it the unofficial national anthem of Malaysia. In a couple of days, we'll be celebrating Malaysia Day. This is a day held every year to commemorate the establishment of the Malaysian Federation on the 16th of September in 1963. It marked the joining together of the existing states of Malaya, North Borneo, aka Sabah, Sarawak, and Singapore to form Malaysia. Sadly, Singapore split from Malaysia on the 9th of August 1965, just two years after being part of Malaysia. But that is a story for another day. For today's episode of Spotlight, in conjunction with the upcoming celebrations, we'll be hearing from some of our fellow East Malaysians to get their thoughts, feelings, hopes, and fears of our beloved country moving forward. We start off with Professor James Chin, a fellow Sarawakian and a keen observer of the Malaysian politics. He's also the director of the Asia Institute at the University of Tasmania. He explains to us the intricacies and meaning behind Malaysia Day, especially to him and the people of Sabah and Sarawak. I think for most people, the average person in the street probably thinks the important thing. They think it's important because this is the first celebration uh, to remind the Peninsular Malaysians that uh, Malaysia was actually the Federation of Malaysia was actually uh, created or came to being on September rather than 31st of August. So I think it's a good thing. But I think a lot of people also see it's highly symbolic. Uh, what they really want is a, a better balance between Peninsula and Sabah and Sarawak. So essentially what they want is uh, they want Sabah and Sarawak to be far more developed. Uh, they think after being marginalized for more than six decades that the Sabah and Sarawak should actually get more money now. And generally the Peninsula... Uh, Malaysians who actually uh, give more resources to Sabah and Sarawak. And part of this, not only to catch our development, also lies in the fact that Sabah and Sarawak actually uh, contribute a lot towards the uh, oil and gas revenue overall for Malaysia. Now he goes on further to explain the complicated relationship between the East and West Malaysia its history and the grievances that some might hold. I think most people in Sabah and Sarawak do acknowledge that they are part of Malaysia. It's just that I think there's a lot of frustration about the fact that Sabahans and Sarawakians feel that 
under the terms of coming together into the federation, they were given a very high level autonomy and they were given a set of promises that were made before they came together to create a federation. I think there's a sense that you know, many of these set of guarantees that were given to Sabah and Surat were not kept by the federal government and that somehow during the rule of the Barisan National, which is essentially for the past 50 years, many of these, not only were the promises not kept, but far worse, many Sabahans and Sarakins feel that they were marginalized in the system. So a very simple example of that is in the area of infrastructure or economic development. You can see even today, after 60 years of independence, that Sabah and Surat, in terms of uh, the infrastructure, they're way, way behind Peninsula Malaysia. In Peninsula Malaysia, since the 1980s, here the North-South Highway, but in Sabah and Surat, they only started to build the Pan Borneo Highway. So it is uh, simple things like that that created a lot of suspicion and also created a lot of frustration among the people of Sabah and Sarawak. This is a sentiment echoed by another fellow Sarawakian, Dr. Kelvin Yi, a member of parliament for the city of Kuching, the capital of Sarawak. I think on the ground, there are different sentiments leading up to Malaysia Day. I think most East Malaysians uh, feel to a certain extent um, certain dissatisfaction in terms of the formation of Malaysia in general because I think there were a lot of things that were expected or promised during the formation of Malaysia. Uh, however, a lot of those were, were, there were a lot of unfulfilled promises, there were a lot of unfulfilled expectations towards the people of Sabah and Sarawak in terms of uh, maybe shared resources, equitable development, or, or many other things. So of course, there are sentiments of uh, dissatisfaction due to the formation of Malaysia. And also, maybe even apprehension or reservation toward racial and religious tones that is in the common conversation nowadays, especially from Samanjong Malaysia. So while we understand, while we see ourselves as a nation, as a whole in Malaysia, uh, there are, in my view, economic grievances, there are uh, historical grievances, and of course there are racial and religious apprehension towards the whole thing. But not everyone feels like that. Historical and past grievances aside, they are those who look at the bigger picture and hold Malaysia in a much more unified regard. Well, I think I like to say that I'm proud to be a Malaysian living in Sabah, right? And I think uh, this uh, terminology to divide us from East and the West uh, should not be used. We are all Malaysian where uh, we live in the respective states of our choice, right? So I'm very proud to be Malaysian because uh, this is a country where we can enjoy a lot of uh, freedom and a lot of common interests where we can share and we can progress from there. Malaysia is a great country. We'll be right back with more on insights of East Malaysians regarding Malaysia Day on this episode of Spotlight here at The Morning Run. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to this BFM Malaysia Day special presented by Masing. 
This BFM Malaysia Day special is presented by Masing. Good morning. You're listening to Spotlight on the Morning Run. I'm Sim Wee Boon. If you just joined us, today, in conjunction with the upcoming Malaysia Day celebrations, we shine a light on what some of our fellow East Malaysians think, feel and hope for Malaysia moving forward. Earlier, we heard from several individuals regarding the complicated history and general feelings East Malaysians might have towards Sabah and Sarawak's relationship with Peninsula or West Malaysia. Looking through the news lately can be quite a disappointing experience. Headlines of racial and religious tensions, underhanded politicking and divisive sentiments seem to be on the rise over here in West Malaysia. And as we close towards a day that's supposed to represent unity and progress, looking around, things just feel a little bit off. But how do East Malaysians view the situation here in West Malaysia? Professor James Chin, a director of the Asia Institute at the University of Tasmania and a fellow Sarawakian, gives us his take. People from Sabah and Sarawak is that they've always felt since independence in '63. They've always felt that you know that the sort of uh, uh, politics has been played out in Peninsula Malaysia does not reflect the reality in Sabah and Sarawak. Uh, in Sabah and Sarawak, the population there is much more plural. The dividing line between the Malays and the non-Malays uh, do not really exist in Sabah and Sarawak. So if you look at the population of Sabah and Sarawak. Uh, the Malay population in both states are actually the minority, they're not the majority. And I think a lot of people in Sabah and Sarawak, especially the last few years, are very worried about the rise of political Islam. Uh, they don't understand how religion is being used actually to drive a wedge between the uh, Malay population, the Muslim population, and try to create a us versus them attitude. And I think they're very worried that uh, if Malaysia goes down this road, uh, you will create a crisis which you can't sort of step back from. And people in Sabah and Sarawak, where this issue is really not a big issue, they're very worried that the sort of tensions that you see in Peninsula Malaysia between the Islamic groups and the non-Malays, this will be exported to Sabah and Sarawak. Uh, the general feeling is that racial relations in Sabah and Sarawak are much, much better compared to uh, Peninsula Malaysia. Dr. Liu Vukyong, the law minister in the Prime Minister's office and also a member of parliament for Batu Sapi in Sabah, gives us a more sobering response. I think, first of all, we have to accept the fact that uh, issues of any nature, especially political, will crop out uh, not only in our country but anywhere in the world. And then when it becomes political, I think uh, uh, it will uh, kind of uncontrollable at times, so it will affect the feelings and the uh, sentiments of certain groups of people. You know, we have issues coming up there from here, from there, and then the best solution is how best we can deal with it, how best we can manage it, how best we can resolve it. But of course, there are times that... Uh, Issues that were made uh, political is for a political agenda. So we have to be very, very careful uh, to ensure that uh, we do not fall into that uh, political trap uh, set up by some irresponsible uh, politicians for their own uh, hidden agenda. So here in uh, Sabah, uh, we are more uh, tolerable in terms of uh, the issues that concern uh, race and religion. 
uh, mainly because if I explain to you that uh, we are uh, a state where we have uh, relations of all the, of all ethnicities, uh, where we have intermarriages and then where we understand each other much more open, we have to be very, very careful to actually analyze the situation and then think about it and not to be too reactive about certain uh, matters. I believe that uh, we are the uh, growing countries uh, where uh, we are developing. We have to ensure that uh, we be more open and uh, acceptable uh, to certain uh, constructive criticism. Our government is open to that, open to uh, constructive criticism. But of course, uh, when it comes to certain issues concerning uh, race and religion, we have to be extremely careful because we are a country of multi-racialism. Uh, we are a country that have different beliefs and different groups of people. But we have uh, done well. I think uh, Malaysia as a whole have done well. It's just that we still have a groups of people who like to stir up the sentiments of the people. One thing's for sure, over in Sabah and Sarawak, the relationship between the many different races feels slightly different than how it's done over here. Jacinta Tagal was born in Miri and grew up in Kuching. She's currently working for a Christian non-profit, and she tells us a little bit of how unity is fostered in East Malaysia, followed by Datuk Liu Vikyong's thoughts on race relations in Sabah. In East Malaysia, at least in Mirian Kuching, where um, I'm from, there's very little sort of um, a sense of difference in, in races. My husband is West Malaysian. Um, when, you know, the first time he came to East Malaysia to visit my family, he noticed that, you know, you can have a seller selling kolokmi next to a Malay woman selling nasi lama, and people can just see from both places and people don't really care about, about that and you have like a mosque uh, next to a church, next to a temple. Um, so I, I feel like in Kuching and Miri, you don't really see that difference in, in races or religion um, and everyone kind of just blends in together and gets, gets along. So that's what I really like about East Malaysia. Sabah has an anticities of about 35 tribes, right, making up of... Uh, a lot of these uh, local natives, Kadazan, Dusun, Murut, Bajau, and many others are being the dominant uh, tribes. Of course, we also have the Malay and the Chinese living in Sabah. It becomes more unique because we have uh, quite a number of intermarriages. For example, in my family, myself, my mom is a local native. Uh, who is a Kadazan, Dusun, whereas uh, my dad is uh, Chinese. That makes me a Sino Kadazan in uh, Sabah, in Malaysia. And that also uh, applies to many, many more uh, Sabahan. Within my families, uh, we have quite a number of intermarriages from the Indian community, Singh, my niece married a Singh, and then I uh, have uh, aunties who married uh, a Malay guy. And then I have uh, another uh, relatives uh, who married an uh, Indian. So this is uh, a, a unique in itself uh, because uh, when we have celebrations of uh, festivity, we all be able to join uh, regardless of our uh, background.
So what does the future hold for Malaysia? How do our fellow East Malaysians view the country and its progress towards the days to come? Going forward, I like to push questions to the radio listener. What do you like Malaysia to be like in 50 years from now? I think that is a question that uh, all of us must ask ourselves and then uh, try to have an answer. Personally, to me, I like to see a progress, progressive uh, Malaysia whereby all Malaysians uh, can enjoy the Malaysian sun. We progress uh, together regardless of our uh, race and background, whereby we look at each other uh, and become colorblind, and not uh, because of the color of our skin, but we become colorblind and become much more uh, acceptable, uh, understandable to each other, and then we, we progress together as Malaysia to bring Malaysia into a world-class country. We are now a developing nation. Once we have reached that Wasan uh, uh, to become a a nation that we are uh, able to compete with the first world country. I think it is important. We are progressing toward that. I don't want to see a nation where we are still uh, talking about the color in 50 years uh, from now. I think in 50 years from now, I think we should already be able to progress so, so high that our future generation will be proud of what me and you are doing. Me and you are very important. Me and you and her and him and everyone that are outside of this uh, conversation that we had uh, will be able to come together. We'll be able to think about what we want for our children, for our grandchildren in 50 years from now. I believe that uh, Malaysia has a bright future. It all lies in the hands of you and all those uh, radio listeners outside here. Together, I believe we can we can really progress, and together, I think uh, Malaysia would be a great great country to live in. I think my hope for Malaysia is that uh, we we restore back to the original spirit during the formation of Malaysia. There was a vision by our forefathers, a place where we can uh, live together in harmony, the place where we can grow together in in, in strength a place where our resources of our nation is shared equitably among all the different regions, among all the different races, among all the different class, that we wouldn't be known uh, based on the color of our skin or by the faith that we profess, but by the bond that keeps us together as Malaysians, regardless of even territories, regions, uh, and where we are from, demographics. Uh, we can identify us as Malaysians as we together have reaped the potential and the resources of, of this what this nation has to offer. Unity means understanding differences, empathizing with others' differences, recognizing that there is difference and yet being able to not just tolerate but sort of appreciate that everyone brings something different to the table and being able to just get along and recognize that at the end of the day we're all family and we're all together. You know, we, we're all in this together. Lah. That was Dato Liu Vikyong from Sabah, who is the law minister in the prime minister's office, Jacinta Tagal from Sarawak, who works for a Christian non-profit, and Dr. Kelvin Yi, a member of parliament for Kuching, telling us about their hope for a better Malaysia. 
That's all for Spotlight today. Thank you very much for listening. BFM 89.9. BFM's Malaysia Day special is presented by Masing. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.